in a world where podcasts have become lame and stale. And now we see on line 33 of the Louisiana tax code that... Two men have come... To kick it up a notch. And you, you see these tax code laws are in place. Like it, who the hell are you? Ben Heckendorf. Tell me where the president's dog is. I will never tell you where the president's dog is. Tell me or I'll shoot you in the foot. Never! Jason Joe. What the hell is that? It's a giant asteroid, man! Headed directly toward Earth! How much time is left to stop it? One day! That's six more than I need. From the internet that brought you a dancing baby and spyware comes the BenHeck.com podcast. <coughs> On a good day, it's a great podcast. On a bad day, it's the best there is. Ah, welcome once again to the BenHeck.com podcast, episode two. I am your host, Ben Heckendorn. And I'm Jason Jones, co-host and sometime mascot, a.k.a. sidekick, of Ben Heckendorn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has this uh, furry dog outfit that he dresses up and trounces around on football fields. Yeah, it's with pom-poms. Yes. Oh, we have some really exciting topics today. <clears throat> Topic one is RPGs, games or not games. Um... I'm not a big fan of them. I've always kind of, not, I didn't really understand it, but Jones likes them, so we're going to have it out. It will be a battle beyond imagine. Topic two, best and worst controllers of the ages. We've got a list here of the best and the worst. One controller is on both lists, so that, <laughs> sh- <laughs> That's that, sh- right. that should be interesting. Then we'll talk about our own personal favorite controllers, so I guess I've got to pick one by the time we get to that. And our third and final topic is upcoming games of interest and uninterest. What titles are we interested in? Which titles are we sick of hearing about? A.K.A. the snakes on a plains of video games. <laughs> yep, I you guess... cannot escape it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, so um, I guess let's get started and we'll talk about RPGs, which stands for role-playing game, or rocket-propelled grenade, but role-playing game. I was kind of thinking this over earlier, and I was like, well, what do you define a role-playing game as? That might help spur the discussion along, because I'm sure it's, like many things, it means different things to many people. And Okay, well, I guess I mean like Final Fantasy. You've got you know a bunch of cartoon characters walking around, and then all of a sudden the music goes, and the screen zooms in, and then everybody's kind of like gyrated in place, and there's like some <laughs> sort of monster waving tentacles around, then... You move hand pointers around, and then that's how you fight. You get turn-based combat. That yeah. Sort of stuff. Okay. See, to me, that's like scrolling through windows or something, you know? It's like, I guess I never got into it, so... See, like, for my money, I mean, I I look at it differently. I'd actually call something like Oblivion a role-playing game. Although I did like mm. the Final Fantasy games as well, but, I mean, Oblivion kind of falls into the same conventions. You know, you've got... You know, you go around, you got to talk to people, there's this large story, you meet up with other people who help you out along the way, you got to go buy crap, sell crap, you know, you level up, you do all that sort of stuff. And so, 
I don't know, because I kind of define it differently, I guess. And so that's kind of where the conflict comes in, I guess. But I like stuff like, like I loved Final Fantasy II for the Super Nintendo. I played through it, cleared that one, actually. And Final Fantasy VII, I poured like 45 hours of my life into that. And Yeah, I guess I just never really understood it. I mean, I guess there's a, you know, some people like that kind of game. I guess I don't. I'm probably kind of in the minority on that, but... Um... I mean, I agree with you about, like, Oblivion. See, I like Oblivion, too, but, you know, that's like, okay, a monster's coming. I guess I better push this button before it hits me. Yeah, you can actually fight in real time yeah. against it or whatever. And... and a lot of games, like, most of the newer Castlevanias since, like, Symphony of the Night are all, like, they have all the elements of role-playing game, plus it's, like, an action-adventure game on top. So I guess i just not really a fan of the turn-based combat. Yeah, which I can understand that. I mean, it's pretty frustrating. You know, you're sitting there and fighting some dude, you know, and you're stuck for, you know, like they're down to barely any energy left, and then your guy, like, misses, like, five times in a row, and it's like, damn it, come on, <laughs> you know, it's like, it shouldn't be this hard, you should be able to hit one in five times, you know, but... Yeah. So I can see where that could be a frustrating angle to it, but overall, I always have enjoyed role-playing games, and... I mean, it's probably not even really a whole topic's worth. No. But just... that's okay, because maybe our show won't run so long. Yes. Neither of us play World of Warcraft or are on MySpace, mm-hmm. which makes us outcasts. Outcasts of society, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, is World of Warcraft, like, turn-based, or... I've seen people play it, but I never could really quite... Never really understood. You know, I'm not sure. Um, it's probably more like the old Warcraft games, where basically you just said, attack this thing, and your guys would just sit there and keep attacking mm-hmm. over and over like you didn't have to you know mash buttons and you didn't have to do turn-based combat they'd it was just kind of whoever had the stronger force would kill off the other guys but uh-huh yeah I, probably the limiting factor for role-playing games for me anymore is it's got to be one hell of a game for me to put that much time into it because that's like, you know, now I got a job and I'm married and all this crap. You know, I don't have a lot of time and I've got a basement that's sucking the life out of me trying to finish it. And so it's like I don't have a lot of time to commit to these things, but, like, Oblivion was good enough that I actually, you know, gave it 80 hours of my life or uh-huh. whatever where most of these role-playing type games, you know, I'd pick them up, maybe play them for three or four hours and be like, eh, you know. This isn't worth my time, you know, to put so, that level of investment. So you're not going to run out and mortgage your house to buy a PlayStation 3 to play Final Fantasy 96 or whatever? No, I, I can't imagine I will. <laughs> and I haven't bought the Final Fantasy game for the 360, which they've got oh, one Oh, Final Fantasy that. Online? Yeah, because I don't really feel like paying a subscription Final Fantasy and... X2 Girls Gone Wild yes. on the PS2. <laughs> Yeah, what's this, this Final Fantasy VII, like, Dirge of Cerebus or whatever? Yeah, I don't even know what... It almost looks like it's like a fighting game or something, doesn't it? Yeah, or, but it's like, it's based off Final Fantasy VII, yeah, because it's like the classic. How many revs ago? <laughs> I know, but that's like making, like, Star Trek II Part Two. Yes. Which would be cool, even though it kind of was already Star Trek Nemesis, which wasn't <laughs> cool, but... <laughs> you know, I... I don't know, but think about it. It's like it's like they take this classic game and they basically make a sequel to it. I yeah. mean, that's kind of what that is. I mean, it was almost like it looks like a shooting game or something. Yeah, it doesn't look like a typical. I mean, I haven't read much about it from the screenshots I saw and stuff. It didn't look like a typical Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, topic two, best and worst controllers of the ages. <laughs> now, we have these written down, and being a negative person myself, I'd like to start with the worst. It's the first in the list. Yeah, the first one that we came... <laughs> we came up with was the wonderful Intellivision controller, oh. which has to be the worst controller of all time. <laughs> well, you know, some oh. of the younger listeners out there might not even remember it, which is good. Yes, that's a good thing for you. Don't don't look it up on Google. It'd be a bad thing. Yes, it would probably give you eye cancer or something. But um, It was basically a rectangle with a phone cord. Hanging out of it, basically, <laughs> that had a little number pad on it and a disc. The disc was the up, down, left, right. Yeah, and then the number pad area, You, when you bought your games, you would actually get little cards with the games that you would have to slip in over the top of the numbers, mm-hmm. and then that would tell you what those buttons did for that particular game, and the buttons barely even... Like responded, so you yeah. didn't even know if you were pushing them or not. It was just horrible. And then on the sides of the controller were the four action buttons, even though I think they were all the same thing. <laughs> the button itself is actually part of the controller plastic mold, so it pushed in about as much tactile sensation as like a plastic battery door in a Walkman. <laughs> but that was the action button that you'd use to shoot pills in microsurgery or whatever else a person would do in their television. I never really understood the card overlay thing. I mean, the ColecoVision had that, and hell, even the Jaguar. Yeah. I mean, it just seems so complicated. I mean, we don't need that now. Um, yeah, you don't need it on computer games where you have, you know, like 50 keys that do things. Maybe it wouldn't be a bad right. thing on computer games. I don't know. It's just one but, more thing to get lost. Yeah. Especially when you're, like, six or whatever. Yeah, I remember it was annoying, you know, because you'd have to... You know, you'd want to change games. I actually never owned one, thank goodness. I had a friend that did, but, you know, you'd change games and be like, oh, crap, where are the cards at, you know, and so you'd have to go and dig them up if whoever played last didn't bother Mm -hmm. to put them away properly. Which is highly likely. Yeah. It sucked. Terrible. Well, I guess in the same token, I think we have ColecoVision written down as another crappy controller, don't we? Yes, which I never played, but you volunteered that one for the Uh, list, so... Yes, because I actually have one in the living room. Um... (laughs) And I did get to look at the controller. Yeah, so here's a crash course, Jones. It's suspiciously like the Intellivision controller. Yeah, it's a lot like it, but instead of a disc, it has a joystick, which is about one inch tall, and it has a big rounded disc on it. So you can basically get your fingers around it, but that's about it. I I don't know really even how to explain it. It's like (laughs) a plunger. It's kind of like the Atari 7800 controller, which I also have on this list of shame. But the ColecoVision had all the same... Th- the buttons on the side at least worked. They were spring-loaded and everything. It was a lot better made. But it had this keypad that you were supposed to care about and all this other jazz. <laughs> and, again, a phone cord-like cable, which I never understood. I remember like way back with the ColecoVision, they did have like a steering wheel mm. add-on for it. It yep. was kind of a revolutionary thing, I suppose, back in the mid-'80s when the Coleco was around, but... I never got to play one, so I'm sure it was probably crap, but a good idea nonetheless. Well, ColecoVision was pretty high stuff. I mean, it's... At the time, yeah. I spec-wise, it was... it's um, it's the same as like a MSX computer from Europe, and it's actually like got a faster clock speed than a Nintendo, even. Oh, really? Yeah, it's got a Z-Log 80 in it as the main processor, um, which is actually approaching Super Nintendo speed, although Super Nintendo was 16-bit. 
Let's see, you also have the Atari 2600 controller, which is a classic, of course, but doesn't yeah. mean it's good because it's so a classic. So is the Edsel. So is Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or or Frankenstein. Yeah, one of the worst classic movies. Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, the Atari 2600 joystick, it's all right, but... One button th- and a stick. One button and a stick, and you think about it, this, you're holding this square box, and then you get the stick, and... You have to move the, the stick. You have to move it quite a ways, and there's really no sensation if you've moved it far enough because it there's no click or like it doesn't use the um, silicon domes like most modern joypads. You have these like cheapy metal discs that kind of dent it in, so it, it wore out easily. It was kind of hard to push, and you know you're holding it with your thumb like this and you couldn't really get your whole hand around the bottom of it. So it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, looking back it's now, clumsy, it's, yeah. yeah, it's very iconic, of course, but, you know, that doesn't mean it's a great controller. <laughs> looking back now, if you try to play with one now, you might be like, ugh, which is why, um, you know, most people that try to play Atari, they should plug in a Sega Genesis controller because it actually will work on your Atari. Just use the B button. Fun fact. <laughs> um, what's next in our list? Well, of you shows? have the original Xbox controller ah. here. Which I disagree with, but that's okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, so because I am a Microsoft fanboy, apparently. So, so yeah, so Microsoft <laughs> makes this Xbox One system, and it's about the size of, I don't know, a Chevy Metro. And alongside <laughs> of it is this controller, which is, it's kind of like, you know, you if you, like, shaved off the top of a bowling ball and gave it to someone, <laughs> and then it's, like, eight inches thick, and I just thought it was terrible. I, I mean, I know the version S or whatever, the Type S is a little better. Yeah, they but shrunk it down a bit. But I didn't even really think that one was all that great. Just, it, it just kind of, not just like the shape of it, but it just looked so primitive. It looked like something from the 80s. You know, it's all, you know, black colored and yeah. all these, with these jelly bean buttons, like A, B, X, Y, look like jelly beans. Yeah, it's not very sexy looking. <laughs> I'll give it that, but... But uh, I don't know, I, I actually liked that controller a lot, because um, I liked the fact that it was bigger, because of, well, maybe I have big hands or something, I don't know, I don't think I do, but it's like, uh, that controller was nice, because your hands didn't get tired playing it, it was like, it fit nicely into them, where like, something like the PlayStation controllers, if you play that for a while, it gets tiresome for my hands, I guess, because it's like I have to, like, almost, like, wrap my hands around the things, because they don't... Mm-hmm. They're not, like, a convenient size. And well, look at, like, the Game Boys now. I mean, those things are quite minuscule. Yeah, so it's it's just... I don't know. Like, it's, it's I suppose because the are built for younger people more than anything. Like, those are... I, yeah, I, I guess, suppose that's I true, know. although it, allegedly a lot of older people play it, too. But I don't know, I just... I actually like the Xbox One controller a lot, and I like the follow-up controller less, actually, like the one that they... Oh, the Type S? Yeah, the one that was, I guess, the one that was in Japan originally, and then they brought it out over in the States after, apparently, a lot of people complained about the original Xbox controller, so... Yeah, see, yeah, after they sold the Type S controllers to all five Japanese Xbox owners, (laughs) they decided to bring it to America. Um... So do we have anything else on our list of crappy classic controllers? Well, we've got the Nintendo controller on here, which I, I know <laughs> I brought up, and I 
Well, the big thing was the square shape, and it would kind yeah. of cut into your fingers, or like just leave really good dents. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a problem with the controller otherwise, but it would like cut into your hands after a while of playing mm-hmm. it. That was my only yeah. beef with that controller. And like they the, fixed that with the Max. Yeah, the Nest Max is pretty good, which is a pretty solid controller. So yeah, that's that was a, a good improvement, of course. The, and the Dog Bone controller of 1993, but those aren't terribly common. Yeah. Oh, Jaguar, the yes. Atari Jaguar is on the list, and. You know, people usually think I'm a big Atari fan, but I thought the Jaguar was pretty much a steamy pile of shit. Yeah, pretty much garbage. The controller was <laughs> ridiculous. It was like it's a lot of like an Xbox three, uh, Xbox One controller. It was like way too big, I thought, and not much. Really big, but all it had was up, down, left, right, A, B, and C. Um, <laughs> I don't even think it had a fourth button. And then of course, it had the stupid keypad again. Yeah, because it had that like in the center, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of the center and below and. I never played one of those, but... It's just pretty wanky. So you have the Atari 7800 on here also. Yeah, that one is... Atari 7800 controller is almost exactly like the ColecoVision controller, except for it's a, I don't know, a little thicker and a little skinnier at the same time. I don't know if that made any sense. It doesn't have a keypad, but it's got kind of the same problems. You're supposed to grab the stick. You grab the control stick with one hand, and then the other hand... There's two buttons and one on either side, like so. One's pushed by your thumb and one's pushed by your index finger. It just doesn't. It, you can't really grip it well enough with your one hand to justify moving the stick around because it just it doesn't really work, you know. I mean, yeah. if you if you're gonna have like a joystick, you need to have a big weighted base, kind of like the NES Advantage yeah. or something, because the joystick is kind of a is a big physical movement. So you've got to have a large controller to, uh, to counteract that, or you've got to be able to grip it like in your palms, like. A any modern system like well as you mentioned the Xbox One, yeah. you're moving these joysticks around, but you've got a big controller to hang on to. That way you've got leverage against you yeah. moving the joystick, which wasn't the case of the ColecoVision and the 7800. And, uh, then the last one on the worst list, which another one I disagree with, is uh, Ben said the Dreamcast controller was one that should fall <laughs> into the worst category, and I was a big fan of the Dreamcast, so. What are yeah. your thoughts about why it sucks? I imagine you're going to say it's a lot like the original Xbox controller. Yeah, sort of, but I don't know. It's It looks like this big white ball, like some sort of fish or something. <laughs> it's really thick because it holds two of those rumble unit memory things. It just kind of unnecessarily makes it thicker than it has to be, much like the Xbox. Yeah. The... Shoulder buttons were like Windex spray tw- triggers. That was my very first impression. I know they're analog and all that, and I don't know. I just didn't like. It. And then it had like these pointy things at the bottom, and it just seemed like there's a lot of empty space on it. I know that's is a silly thing to bring up, but I don't know. I mean, maybe someone would, you know, if, if again if we have people email their thoughts, but yeah, I I, I kind of wonder if the controller itself will like just turn people on or off to a whole system. Yeah, and I know people are thinking, be. but you don't like the Wii! <laughs> <laughs> and I don't... I, well, as we mentioned, it's not that I don't like it, it's just I'm not convinced. Yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, people, you know, played the Xbox at Walmart or something, you know, thought the controller was kind of weird, or maybe they thought that about Dreamcast. Yeah. But the thing is, the controller is, um, that's what you play the game with, you know? You don't play it with the shape of the box, you play it with this thing you hold in your hand. Um, And, you know, there's third-party controllers for everything, but... It's the first party one that really matters. So, and I actually liked the Dreamcast controller quite a bit. It was, uh, um, it was kind of the forerunner of the original Xbox controller to some extent, because it was a bit larger. 
and I thought it introduced some interesting ideas with the VMU units that you could plug into it, and it would actually, like in sports games and stuff, it would, uh, like if you're playing basketball, it would actually show like the fatigue level of your players on that little VMU unit, hmm. and there'd be different things. I'm trying to think of examples, but like on games... Couldn't you like pick plays? You could, that's like, what I was just going to say. Yeah, you could call plays on it, so like whoever you were playing against wouldn't be able to see what play you were calling. Well, that's a far cry from the Super Techno Bowl days. Yes, so that was interesting idea. I think the only... There were, like, two things I kind of didn't like about it, which was the sharp ed- edges on it. They were just a little too sharp in spots, like on the un- underside of the controller mm-hmm. where your hands fit around it. And then also it had the odd thing where the cord came out of the side of the controller that was like closest to you because you stuck the vmus into the top of it oh well, wait didn't, didn't the controller go up then i mean the cord yeah there was, was a there little like a there was a little notch in the back of the controller that the cord like fit into but the cord actually came out of like the side of the controller closest to you but then you wrapped it around and plucked it into that thing i suppose it couldn't go into the top anywhere because there would be no place to hook it up to the because of those vmus board, went yeah. in there Hmm. So that was a little goofy how they did that. I wasn't a big fan of that, but yeah. Overall, it was a pretty solid controller, I thought. Okay. So now we segue into the best controllers, in our opinion. Yes. Okay. We'll always qualify that statement, I guess. So. Uh, yes. <laughs> qualify the statement so it means hardly anything. Yes. <laughs> Which is, I guess, what journalism's all about. Yes. But these controllers really are the best, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, some of the best controllers. Um, one of the ones we have written down is the Xbox 360 controller. Yes. Um, a, I've logged quite a bit of time with that controller so far, and it's. I actually like it better than the original Xbox controller, which I didn't really think I'd like another controller better than that one, but I do. I um, never thought I'd love another. <laughs> And it's uh, great that it has the wireless stuff, and it's got the power button on it where you can turn the system on with which, it, which has got to be the best new feature yeah. ever. <laughs> and they moved the two like bumper buttons. They call them like they're basically the equivalent of the white and black buttons on the mm-hmm. old Xbox. They moved them to more logical position on the shoulders of the controller, which I'm sure will come in handy for Grand Theft Auto 360. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's a really nice controller. Uh, I think I read once, you know, I, I didn't have a scale to check, but I'm sure it's true. This is the um, wireless Xbox 360 controller with batteries weighs less than the Type S controller on the regular Xbox. Yeah, I would agree. I would say that it does, probably by a decent amount, too. Yeah, I have I have an Xbox 360 wired controller right here. I use it with my computer to play emulated games. <gasps> yes. <laughs> and... Uh, it's great. It's got analog sticks, so you can like play something like Afterburner and analog. And uh, yeah, it's really nice and convenient. I mean, they're a little expensive, but um, they're shaped great. Another thing is, um, it's one of the first wireless controllers I've come across where the battery pack doesn't really get in the way. I mean, it's it's well placed and it takes yeah. full size AA batteries. Your fingers fit in pretty good, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty it's, nice. Um, yeah, Plug the headset into it. Yeah, that's right. Yep, you can do that too. And then they have all those accessories like you have, like the charge and play adapter or whatever. And yep. Yeah, so you can plug it in and still, like, you can recharge the batteries mm-hmm. while you're playing and everything so you don't have to sit there and go, oh, crap, 
my batteries ran out. I guess I can't play my game for like four hours now. And the uh, Xbox even tells you what level the batteries are at, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah, they? if you go on the dashboard, if you bring that oh, up, it looks like the cops have come to take us oh, away. No. Oh, there they go. Run! <laughs> but yeah, if you go on the dashboard, it'll actually show the battery level above where like your gamer tag is, and then when the battery gets really low, the little uh, lights around where light, the X yeah. button is will start to like flash at you to let you know that you probably should plug the thing in to charge it back up. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty cool controller. Um, a great improvement. So you know, definitely gets the most the most improved award as far as I'm concerned. And um, and at least they changed it. Oh. We missed one of our worst controllers here. Oh Joel. yes, we did. We'll we'll segue into that now. Yes, we'll segue <laughs> into that right now. Um, yes. <laughs> For all my complaints about the Wii, and then we talk about the 360. At least they changed something. And yes, we are talking about the PS3, where they <laughs> they did change it. The ba- original boomerang, which yeah, looked looked like crap. But, but you know, I read something about that. Allegedly, you were gonna. The idea with that was you would hold it like a steering wheel. Because if you hold your... Okay, okay. Everybody out there in podcast land, hold your arms out in front of you. You notice how your hands are kind of at a 45-degree angle? They're not like sideways. That's usually the default. Kind of like a steering wheel. So maybe it worked for that. But Sony's like, oh, no. And they kind of pulled a, pulled a George Lucas, you know, <laughs> chopping Jar Jar Binks out of episode three, and just cut tail back to the original <laughs> controller, but now it's wireless. And it's the same goddamn controller for, what, 11 years now? I mean, basically, I mean, yeah. come on. And all they did was added, like, for new features, they ripped off both Nintendo and Microsoft by adding their motion stuff, which they ripped off from Nintendo, of course, and then they added their little Xbox-type button to the controller. But now it's a PlayStation logo, but it does, like, exactly the same things that the Xbox button does, apparently. Right, because they couldn't, um, <laughs> they didn't want to pay off immersion technologies for the Rumble feature. Yes, so it doesn't like, have Rumble. Yes. Right, it doesn't have Rumble, which also makes it suck. Well, of course, we haven't played it yet, but look, it's a PS3 controller, and this is what's changed about it. So it's not very hard to form an opinion on it without playing it, because yes. we've all been pl- using this controller for 10 years. I will say this, though. You know, they can't... I'm a Sony fanboy, so I'm just being fair, but think about this. Sony can't pay $100 million to, you know, settle the Rumble lawsuit, but they can spend $100 million making stealth. (laughs) I mean... But the Rumble feature's a big, big loss that nobody... Like, we've talked about it. It's one of those things where you probably won't notice it until it's not there. Yeah, you don't know what you got until it's gone. That's a big loss, so it's more about the feature that the controller lost than rather the ones that it ripped off and gained, I guess. Right, because I think me. a tilt feature in a PS3 controller is worthless. It's worthless. I mean, I complain <laughs> about the Wii, but the thing is, at least the Wii controller, that's, that's what it's meant to do. Yes. The PS3, it's just a tacked-on afterthought. So. Yeah, it's a controller that's, what, eight years old, nine years old? Well, okay, now. yeah, the, the DualShock one is from 1998, I yeah, believe, so... so. Eight-year-old controller. Eight-year-old. Let's okay, add yeah. this to it. Although more or less, it's a ten-year-old <laughs> controller yeah. or eleven-year-old. Okay, another 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 controller that we like um, from the ages past is the Super Nintendo controller. Um, I don't know. It was had rounded edges, which put it above the Nintendo. Yeah. And it had a good number of extra buttons, four extra buttons, shoulder buttons, and then X and Y. Yeah. But why not Z? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway, it was just a nice controller, nice improvement, lightweight. 
Well, it was great for when Street Fighter 2 came out, you know, because there mm-hmm. was actually, you could map all of the buttons from the arcade game to the Super Nintendo controller quite yep. nicely because they mm-hmm. added the buttons and the shoulder buttons. Mm-hmm. But I think we were all pretty dumbfounded when we first saw pictures of the Nintendo 64 controller. <laughs> and so you play it and you realize that it's actually pretty good. And that's also on our list. Um, yeah, I thought it was an interesting concept how they had it where you could, you know, hold the controller two different ways, basically. Although you never... You never used it the I think there way was some, you would typically hold a controller because you held... Uh, yeah, there was a company called Treasure. I think they made some games in the N64 that used that left D-pad, but yeah. you pretty much could have sawed that whole portion off your controller and not noticed. But, you know, no, no big loss. But it added the trigger underneath the controller, which mm-hmm. was very useful. Yep. And the up, down, left, right, yellow buttons. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting controller, and it actually worked very well for that system. So. And they could put the memory packs in it. And of course, you had to, the rumble pack. I don't know if anyone really... I never really used it because it seemed like a, a pain. But, yeah, um, didn't you have to buy batteries for it and everything? Too, yeah. Which was kind of worthless. And it, it kind of hangs out there, you know, like something that hangs out. Didn't that come with some game? What was... I think yeah, it, it came like with Star Fox 64. Yeah, I think that is it. Which is a that was a pretty decent game. Original Star Fox is one of my favorites. Um, all right, moving along. Another another good classic controller is the Sega Genesis controller. Yep, because it had the rounded aspect to it, which I guess it was the first one to do that, and had the three buttons, and it was just a good. It was you know a bigger controller than the Nintendo one, so it, well, it didn't quite cramp your hands or anything when you're trying to play it and had good range of motion and everything on the D-pad and yeah it was a pretty good controller and then they had a six button version and I think they came out in 93 yeah it was after the Super Nintendo came along I believe or that was pretty or good it, you could use that with you know obviously like Street Fighter but you could also use it in like Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat or some sports blood. games <laughs> you call like I think you could call audibles with it in Madden, and I know you could I know you could use it in NBA Live. You like call plays. Yeah, I liked the six button controller a lot. I oh yeah, I, I loved that thing. I, I didn't you just like push some button called mode or something to activate it or something. Yeah, there was a mode button. I'm trying to remember what it was actually for though, but it was probably something along those lines. I think I lost my actually I know where it is, but I consider it lost my six button controller that I. <laughs> I've got like two of them, I think, at home. So. We're also on our best controller list. We have the Xbox One controller. It has come back. Yes, which we already, dis- already, yes, we already discussed. Covered that, but we put it in both that, lists just to be controversial. Yes. Oh, okay, and the final controller in our best <laughs> controller list, I think Jones put this one in, was the 3DO. Yes, it was actually quite similar to the uh, original Sega controller, except that it had the shoulder buttons on it. Otherwise, in shape and function, it was very similar. But it also had the cool idea at the time, which is resurfaced now with the 360, of having it where you could plug your headphones into the controller itself, and it had a volume adjustment on it and all that good stuff. And you could actually daisy-chain the controllers together for multiplayer, so you didn't have... You only had one port on the system itself to be able to hook a controller to, so all the other ones hooked into the first and second and so on controllers. And it was it's a good design, good size, and felt good in your hand. You know, you didn't 
so that had carve uh, into your hands or anything. That had left and right shoulder buttons, A, B, and C, and yep. start. Did it have a select as well? No, it just had like a play pause button on it because. Mm. I'm trying to think. I think you could play like VCD. Oh yeah, you or could. Like yeah. That. Well, yeah. Weren't the buttons also labeled with like VCR controls for like CD? Yeah, players? like the shoulder buttons. I think had like the fast forward rewind mm-hmm. labeled on them, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, you're going to crank out uh, crack out Need for Speed and check that one of these days. That's right, and FIFA. To close out the section. Oh, we're not doing as bad on time this time. To close out the section, our favorite controllers ever. Uh, Jones, you want to start? Uh, I'd probably have to say, to sound cliche, I'd probably have to take the 360 controller as the best controller. It's just, uh, for the reasons stated before, it's made all of the logical leaps. Of course, it couldn't have gotten to where it is without all the other controllers that came before it, and all the mistakes that they made and along the way, and the good things that they did. And Yeah, there's a little bit of the Intellivision controller in it. Well... A little bit missing. Yes. So it still <laughs> makes it part of the design. But they've added cool things. Like I know Ben for years has said, you know, why don't they have a button on the controller where you can turn the system on from Because, it? because the game the you want to play is probably in there already. Yep, and they did it, you mm-hmm. know, and um, it's just a great controller. It's very well designed. and I guess I would tend to agree. Um, I think it is a really nice controller. Um I think the PS2 controller is all right, except for it seems a little flimsier and easier to break, it seems like. And why haven't they put the analog stick where the D-pad is and vice versa like everybody else has? you got to wonder why they have... They could have swapped out one thing with the PS3, (laughs) and that could have been it. That would have been something, but no. (laughs) Yeah, so I I think I'd agree with Jones, more or less, although I kind of have a special place in my heart for um, like the Nintendo controller. Yeah. Even though it was, you know, finger pain inducing. <laughs> finger licking sucking. Yeah, so it holds a place in all of our hearts, I think. Yes. There were a lot of great games in that system, so despite the pain we plotted on mm-hmm. through all the Castlevanias and everything else. So, but, uh, yeah, if, if you do ever still play your old Nintendo and you're looking for a good controller, do a search on eBay for Nintendo Dog Bone Controller, <laughs> as in a bone that would be eaten by a dog. You probably go in for like five bucks. It's basically kind of like if a Super Nintendo controller worked on the Nintendo because it's got rounded edges. It's nice and small. It's the buttons are at a forty-five degree angle instead of being left and right. You know, kind of like yeah. the way your thumb rotates. So that's a great controller to play at, use on your NES. So I would su- suggest that one. All right. Well, we've come to our third and final topic: upcoming games of interest and uninterest. <laughs> And I guess I'll hand this one off to Jones to start. All right. For my so, little notebook of pain. So we're going to talk about games that we're interested in and games that are talked about a lot but we don't care about. Maybe you don't either. Okay, so in this case, we're going to reverse what we did with the controllers and we're going to start with the games we were actually looking forward to. Uh, and Ben actually emailed me this a week or so ago, the Scarface game that's coming out next month for the PS2 and Xbox with the balls-o-meter. Yeah, that's what really sold it to me. <laughs> Apparently in this Scarface game, um, it starts out with you at the end of the movie and you had to fight your way out of the house or whatever and live, not get shot in the back or whatever happened. Yes, and fall into the pool. Right. <laughs> and then you're you know, you're know running around in your Scarface, but you've lost all your, all your shit. 
And so basically it's like Vice City 2. Yes, because Vice City actually stole the Scarface story. So <laughs> Yeah, right, even the ending. Um, but anyway, the thing that, you know, I thought, okay, this is an interesting idea, but usually as a general rule, anyone that's any old school gamers know that most games based off movies are crap. By and large, there are a few exceptions like GoldenEye or Super Star Wars. But anyway, but then you know I was reading on GameSpy, they're saying this is a pretty solid looking game. And then they mentioned the Ballzometer. I don't know if that's <laughs> <laughs> apparently um, you can push a button and <laughs> while you're playing the game, and either while driving or shooting people on foot, you can taunt people. And then your Ballzometer fills up. Yes, and once you've taunted enough people to fill up your Ballzometer or whatever. You become invincible for a short period of time, and you probably go around yelling, DEAD! Because <laughs> if you ain't got your balls, you got nothing, according to Tony Montana. So, And uh, I suppose the invincibility thing kind of comes in with, it. like, at the end of the movie, he gets shot probably, I don't know, a thousand times, and he keeps going until he finally gets, like, blown away in the back. And Yes. Yeah. So it is actually going to be like a sandbox type game, which I guess is what they call the Grand Theft Auto type games now. Basically, yeah, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, but with the actual movie it's based yeah. on. <laughs> Do you think there'll be a, a part in the game where you can like stick your head in a big mountain of coke to get like a power <laughs> up? Well, actually, you never know, because I guess it's like a lot of the plot points in the game are like going around and selling cocaine and drugs and all this crap and shooting people up, so it actually sounds like it's keeping pretty true to the movie. We've come a long way since Midway's narc. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're busted! It's like I told the guys at work about it, and they're like, oh, that sounds like just what we need for a game. (laughs) And I'm like, that's right. That's what games are about, you know? It's like people complain about Grand Theft Auto and stuff, and it's like, well, games are about going off into worlds that you can't go into in real life. You get right, to exactly. explore parts of life that you would never get to do. You're, so. dr- you're driving around in normal traffic, and there's people ahead of you driving really slow, and it makes you really mad. And it's great to play Grand Theft Auto, because then you can <laughs> smash into them, and it's it's great. What they need to add is bicyclists. To run over? Yes, did they have that in San Andreas? I can't uh, remember. <laughs> you could ride a bicycle. I can't. I think they did have bicyclists. Bicyclists. Yes. You mean cyclists? Those Lance Armstrong wannabes or whatever. Yes, Lance Armstrong is an unlockable character in Grand Theft Auto 4 <laughs> on 360. <laughs> Where you are the endangered species. Next game up is, uh, I volunteered this one, was Test Drive Unlimited for the 360, which comes out next Tuesday, I guess. And it's had two demos on Xbox Live. Right? Yes, yeah, they actually they had one demo out like way back in June, and mm-hmm. uh, I believe this is actually being developed by Atari, if I remember right. I well, think they the have a, company formerly known as known as Infogrames, but yeah, yeah, they basically slapped the Atari name on it, I suppose. But yeah, bought their IP, and then they lo- uh, brought out another demo a couple weeks ago with some different cars and you know like uh, different location on the island. But basically, the concept of the game is that. It's set on one of the islands of Hawaii. I think it's Maui. It's uh, There's like supposed to be like a thousand miles of road in the game, and you get to own your own house, and you can buy crap to put in the house, and you can buy different cars, and you actually have to drive to the dealership and buy your car, and you can test drive them, and you can get in them and roll the windows down and open the doors. It's just kind oh, of Oh, yeah, interesting. I saw that in a demo. It's pretty neat. Yeah, so it's... 
and it's going to be a massively open online racing game, is mm-hmm. what they're calling it. So supposedly you're going to be able to be online tooling around just on these roads, and you can get in all sorts of different races and things. But you're driving around, and the other cars that are on the roads are other people, actually. Well, some of them. Yeah, not even in the all demo, you, there's other people. I mean, even the demo is online. Yeah. Other people racing. And it's really cool. Like you can drive wherever you want. Like once you hit the ocean, of course, it throws you back on the road. But you can like drive through these woods and down onto the beach and everything. And it's drive through the lost set. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a story. Hopefully, catching some cast members along yes. the way and run over, run, run over Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> Oh, she'd probably hear this and be like, what you say? Maybe you could get an Xbox achievement for doing that. <laughs> I killed Anna Lucia! <laughs> but, uh, so that looks pretty cool. It'll be an interesting one. And it's only 40 bucks, which will be nice. Again, uh, one of the reasons that, you know, it is good for systems to become more and more advanced is so you can, you know, drive around an entire island of the state of Hawaii in a game. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't do that on a PS1, and that is... That is a bonus of having an, an enhanced system. I mean, I think it can add to the gameplay. It's yeah, and being able to drive off the road if you want to, mm-hmm. and all that. You you know, old racing games, you're forced to be on the road. You right, know, you gotta you gotta stay on the sheet, so to speak. And yeah. you've got a fairly limited area, you know, as far as the length of the track and everything. And and that 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 game all it all streamed in, didn't it? Kind of like San Andreas did. You just kind of drive around and just keeps up. Yeah, yeah, the. Yeah, I, I don't know what FPS it runs at or anything, but I don't know. It seemed like it did a pretty good job of keeping up. Well, so. I mean, hell, if San Andreas could do it with 32 megs on the PS2, I mean, you'd hope a 360 couldn't. Yeah. Obviously it can. And the great thing it does, too, which Project Gotham Racing 3 did, which I loved, was that you can actually, when you go to the in-car camera, you're actually in the car ah. and the dash and all the instrument clusters and everything. It's like you're really in the car. And you have to, like, look at the rearview mirrors and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So it's, and you can look, like, left and right with the other uh, thumbstick or whatever. And so you can actually look out the side of the car while you're driving down the road. And there's, like, this blurring effect and everything as you go faster. And it's really, really cool. So it'll be interesting to see how well that plays out once you get a whole you know legion of people on servers and everything mm-hmm. hopefully it's not a bunch of idiots just crashing into each other well i thought i was I, in project gotham racing um even when you smash up your side view mirrors the smashed mirror bits still reflect yeah that's that's pretty neat next one up was another nominee of mine uh which was lego star wars 2 which i think comes out for about everything like ps2 does Xbox. that come out tuesday uh, a week from Tuesday. It comes out the same day that the original ori- original trilogy non-anamorphic Star Wars discs come out, uh. which is September 12th. But uh, So you get to buy Star Wars for the 81st time, but you get to buy Lego Star Wars 2 for the first time. Doesn't it include nice. the um, special editions as well? Yeah, so it's like... So what is it, like a fire sale? I mean, I don't get it. They must have had some extra discs laying around, I guess, because, yeah, it's like... Well, they got to make inventory for the high-def Blu-ray slash HD DVD version I'm sure they'll release next year. But anyway, so Lego Star Wars 2. I played the demo. I downloaded it for my for my PC, and Jones has been saving himself for marriage on that one. But because yeah, um, I loved the original one, and oh, it was fun. It I mean, death. we played through it. Remember, we yeah. played through 
Oh, uh, that's parts right. Parts one and two, and then we we're like, we won't play through part three until we've seen Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, because it actually, the game came out in April of last year, like a month and a half or whatever before Sith came out. So it had spoilers. Yeah, so we actually restrained ourselves and didn't play the episode three part until after the midnight mm. showing of Sith. Yeah. But Lego Star Wars 2, it looks like they added a lot to it, like, uh, you can actually build your own vehicles out of Legos. I guess even, like in the first game, you had to be like a Force-sensitive character, basically, you know, a Jedi or whatever, to manipulate stuff, where now anybody can. And there's a build button. You go up to a pile of junk, and you push it, and you kind of go like, you like throw the Legos into a pile, and it becomes... Well, there's one where, I think, like, anyone can build certain sections, but then, like, Obi-Wan has to force the sections together to become an ATSD. Okay. Then you can jump in that and walk around Mos Eisley, and... I played the demo. That was pretty fun. That you can basically attack anything that moves, <laughs> Jawas, um, anyone on the street, stormtroopers. Um, it's got a lot more balls in the first one. Of course, the original Star Wars movies had a lot more balls in the new ones. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Uh, Han shoots first in the uh, Lego cinema scene, and it's it's as good as you could hope it would be. It's awesome. I mean, yeah, Obi Wan slices a Lego arm off a guy in the bar. Uh, yeah, and I re- great. I read that after you supposedly after you clear the movie, like the three movies in it, then it opens up like these bounty hunter levels where you get to play as the bounty hunters that were in Empire Strikes Back and go around and like be Boba Fett or whatever and have to go and capture Han Solo in a level and mm-hmm. so they added some cool things like that to it. And you can actually make your own characters, like I guess you can take like Darth Vader's body and stick Chewbacca's head on it. And uh-huh. name it, and you know, so you have all your own characters and everything, which is really cool. And it's just a great idea because I'm a big geek. You know, I'm almost 30 years old, but I love Legos and I love Star Wars, and it combined them, and they actually did a hell of a job. And they're some of the best. Like the first one was one of the best Star Wars games that has been made. Period. I would say. Yeah, it's uh, the, it's not it's not a hard game, but it's fun. And you know if. If you're of the sort that, you know, you don't want to spend, you know, 100 hours in a video game, um, you can get Lego Star Wars is like 40 bucks. I'm sure that's what the new one is, too. And Yeah, the 360 one's 50, but all the others are 40, I guess. Right. So. It's, just a, it's just a fun game. Yeah, and even my, I got a little five-year-old niece, and she's come over before, and, you know, I kind of had to walk her through stuff, but she'd pick it up, and she could get around in it, and she figured it out, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's like. Five-year-olds can play it, or you yep. know, people that are 30, and it's just a lot of fun. And it's got the drop-in, drop-out gameplay. So if you got a, yep. you're in the middle of playing, and a buddy comes over, they can just jump right in, like the old arcade games. And, and stuff. you can be R2D2, the most ass-kicking robot <laughs> in the history of history. And now the next game on our list: God of War Two: The Return of Kratos. <laughs> God of War is one of my favorite games in recent history. It's awesome. You run around in ancient Greece, killing things, and it is cool. I watched you playing it, like that level where you're like going through there and you're like crawl, like going across with the chain and everything. Like, oh yeah, climbing through this area and it looked um, really awesome. But yeah, God of War is a it's a great game. I just love the. It's one of those games I rented it like four times, and I'm like, hmm, maybe I should just buy this. And uh, yeah. and interestingly enough, the new one is coming out for PS2 and not PS3. Well, since, was it come out like in March or April, God of War? Yeah. I mean, at that time, what would it be like, 
maybe three million PS3s in all of yes. the <laughs> universe. I think that we could easily go off topic here, but I think that's one of the reasons a lot of these games are going for the 360 as well, because there just aren't going to be enough PS3s on the market to sustain a game. Yeah. If you, but whereas there's like seven or eight million 360s so far, so you can actually sell a lot more copies of a game because you've got that many more consoles to sell to. Yeah. If it's not that people won't buy the PS3s, they're just not going to be enough available. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the Blu-ray player has been pushed back again. Yeah, yeah, I read that. And like Dead Rising, I guess that shipped 500,000 units in its first two weeks. You know, just I think it's almost example. up to a million already. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed the original God of War. I thought it was really fun. Um, you know, like a Ray Harryhausen, um, <laughs> just classic, epic, kind of battle with all this mythology, but then had ultra-violence in it and tits and a great <laughs> score. It was just great moves. So I just I can't wait for the sequel because unlike movies, video game sequels are usually better to a point. So yes. I'm sure it'll it'll be a pretty fun game. You know, rip eyeballs out of Cyclopses and all sorts of great moves. Kratos is like, I will kill anything that moves. I am Kratos. I think you're going to fight Zeus in it or something. If you beat the original in God Mode, you find out that Kratos is actually the son of Zeus. Oh. So he's like, I hate you, Father. You left me. <laughs> I will hunt you down. Hopefully they bring back the awesome Linda Hunt as the narrator. Oh, she's the narrator. Yeah, she's the like, first one. Huh? And Kratos climbed to a mountain and <laughs> killed some people and ate their guts. And I'm Linda Hunt. I was in Silverado. <laughs> And kindergarten cop. If we could wrap this up in about five minutes, that'd be awesome. The games that are hyped up, but we just don't care about. Yes. <laughs> First on the list is a 360 title, which is getting a lot of hype in the absence of Halo 3, which is Gears of War. Not to be confused with God of War. Or Lord of War. But yes, Gears of War, it's one that it seems like... I don't know if Microsoft's so much as hanging their hat on it, but it seems like a lot of the gaming sites are like making a big deal out of it, and it mm-hmm. seems to be highly anticipated. What about the Killzone 2? Yeah, I know, you don't even hear about that. Oh, I'm, okay, but yeah, back but, to Gears of War. But with Gears of War, I mean, the screenshots I've seen look like amazing, but they look like, you know, they're kind of cutscene type stuff and all right. that, and so it's like, well, what's the gameplay look like? And... Mm-hmm. Until I see a demo of it and get my hands on it and play it, I'm not going to get excited about it. Well, and here's another thing that doesn't interest me. You know, people complain about how many um, World War II first-person shooters there are, but for every World War II first-person shooter, there's probably about three first-person shooters in which the plot is, it is 50 years in the future, aliens have attacked Earth, and a bunch of Marines must fight them. <laughs> I mean, that's like Halo, that's no, like Gears of War. Prey, yeah, to an extent. Uh, Quake, Territory Wars, or whatever's like that. Kill Zone. It's a pretty generic plot, but all these games seem to have that same plot. And sounds like Gears of War is basically the same thing. And then yeah. they basically come up with some name for the aliens. And there's a bunch of weapons that are like, I mean, you know, if I'm in a World War II shooter, I'd have like a Thompson or like a M1 Garand or like you know a gun that I've maybe seen in real life. I yeah. can connect with that because I'm like, okay, if I shoot this bullet at a bad guy, I know what it will do. But then you have like this. Ion phase plasma rifle. What the hell is this? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I have no concept of that. I've noticed in games, ion weapons usually suck. It seems like I don't know why that is. (laughs) Do they create an ion storm? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They seem Uh, like they never do anything. So, 
Oh, well, I guess we're going to have to wait 50 years and see, Jones. Yes. Maybe we'll <laughs> see be what alive. what an ion weapon can do. Is get one for your, <laughs> for your bed stand now. That's right. Oh, what's next Protect on our... Protect your family. Yeah, what's next on our list of... Uh, well, this one I'm sure we'll get all sorts of hatred about. Oh, oh yeah, it's that's right. Zelda Twilight Princess. A.K.A. Oops, we delayed it to the release of the Wii. <laughs> Although they're still going to release it on the GameCube as well. Well... It's the same system. Which is the same thing, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Like I was telling Ben earlier, I'm like, I haven't given a crap about a Zelda game since A Link to the Past, yeah. which I would I, put that probably on my top ten list of games I've ever played. I loved that game. But I would agree with you. I played the original Zelda. I even like Zelda 2. But the N64 ones, I, I just, for whatever reason, I could not get into them. I think uh, yeah, was, the 3D maybe? I don't know. It's just Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was kind of like the Mario 64 thing for me. I just couldn't get into it because Zelda top-down world, that's like, I don't know, I guess I'm traditional. That's just how I expect it to be. And Yeah, but in the same token, top-down world's don't always work. I know, and it relates to another game that's coming, coming up. up. Yes. Um, well, to some extent. Yeah, it's one of those series that I haven't cared about in a long time either. Um, I used to play it, and I just don't care anymore. And You haven't heard about it much lately, but it is coming out, and yeah. I'm sure it'll sell, you know, however many however many GameCubes are in existence. It'll be a big seller, but... Yeah. Um, and the Wii, I think, you know, I, I think it's the sort of thing where if this game wasn't coming out at the launch of the Wii people might not be as excited. I mean, I guess you got to give Nintendo credit. At least they didn't make it a Wii-only title, which yes. would have been like as easy as changing one line of code, probably. And that way they'd force people that wanted to play it, you know, to have to buy a Wii, or this way they're not. So that That's that's good of them. You can give them some credit for that. Yep. Uh, what's but next we still don't or... care. Yes. Um, next up is Battlefield 2142, which I don't like no crap about, so this is a Ben one. Yes, I played Battlefield 2, the World War Three simulator, <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on the PC quite a bit last year. I I was even in a clan. So this is the sequel to Battlefield 2, like the yes. one with the Chinese faction. Right, right, but okay. in Battlefield 2142, it is now the year, I guess, 2142, and um, <laughs> we think. And it's like an Ice Age is occurring. This must be ap- after global warming. The Ice Age comes in, kind of like the day after tomorrow. Nice. And, anyway, so there's not much usable land, so everybody on Earth starts killing each other to get the usable land. Then you fight. And But the thing is, it's in the future, and like we mentioned before, now you've got these giant armored robots instead of tanks, and you've got... Apparently, there's not going to be that many laser guns. There's going to be more, like, just regular guns, although I really wouldn't... I don't think the military will be using bullets in 2142 We'll probably have used up all the resources that are required to make bullets by then. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, there's no, there's no uh, lead left or brass. I guess we'll use ice. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, but yeah, so it's like, you know, you're going to have all this weaponry equipment that you have really no concept of. And granted, I really don't know anything about Predator spy planes or any of the crap in Battlefield 2, but at least it's like you see that kind of stuff in the news. It's like realistic, and it's real stuff to an extent. So this one's in the future, so I don't really understand it, and I don't really want to walk around in giant robots and so i guess that i guess that would be a franchise that has disenfranchised me well it definitely sounds like one that i could give less than a crap about as well so everybody thinks i love robots and stuff but i really well you do i do but not in (laughs) games you know i just i just am so tired of all these goddamn robots in video games i want like kratos like slashing apart giant birds and shit and blood because robots just kind of break you know 
which does take us to our third, our fourth and final heavily hyped game we don't give a shit about. Yes, Metal Gear Solid 4. Apparently it's called Guns of the Patriots also. I was talking to Ben earlier, and I'm like, you know, I don't think I've ever actually played one of these Metal Gear Solid games. I watched a former roommate play it and get completely frustrated by it and eventually clear the first one, but I just, I don't know, I just don't give a crap about Solid Snake, you know? Yeah, I <laughs> I played the original on the Nintendo back in the day, yeah. which I guess is pretty cool. And, yeah, I didn't even but, care about it then. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, and I, I, I bought and played through uh, Metal Gear Solid on the PS1, and it was a very well-made game. You know, the characters were good, the storyline was good, but as a game, I didn't find it terribly... It wasn't very much fun. It was very frustrating, very difficult, almost like work. <laughs> you know, this woman's being all shot up, and you have to walk back like through half the game to find a sniper rifle and walk Ugh. all the way back. It's like, it's like you're Solid Snake, for fuck's sake. Why don't you, you know, walk up Uh-oh, there and break F-bomb. his neck? That's, that's what Kratos would do. <laughs> <laughs> Kratos would be like... You will not shoot her anymore. I'm Kratos. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's like a lot of people seem to be talking like this is a you know Halo type game where it's gonna sell PS3s. I just don't see it. Like Twilight Princess, I can see where that'll sell Wii's maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. But I don't think there's that many people. I mean, there's people that are big on Metal Gear Solid, but I just can't see where it's gonna make people in droves run out and buy PS3s. Right. I, I'm sure it sells well enough, but I'm sure it doesn't sell Halo numbers. You know, I'm I'm sure back in the day in 1998, Sony's like, oh yeah, this is gonna be the next GoldenEye, and yeah. no, GoldenEye was like the top selling game two years in a row. It's kind of like a uh, Metroid. Very vocal fans. It's probably a perfectly fine game, but I'm just not converted to it. And again, there's too many stupid futuristic robots and guns and blah blah blah. And yeah, it's well, we talked about something early. Um, I read something like like Infinity Ward that made Call of Duty. Um, they're not the ones making Call of Duty 3 for consoles, but they might actually be making a first-person shooter that takes place like in the present as like their yeah. next title, which, which could, could be, be cool. It could be interesting. I'm sure they'll have to homogenize it somewhat. Yeah. But, um, well, I, don't, I wouldn't really say Battlefield 2 is exactly homogenized. Well, so. they won't be able to have Hezbollah versus Israel <laughs> tonight at 10. You know, they won't be able to do that. They'll have to. <laughs> right. Rip from today's headlines. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and if you don't complete a mission successfully, gas jumps at 20 cents a gallon. <laughs> You have failed. <laughs> that was episode two of our podcast. And wow, we talked longer this time. Only three minutes. That wasn't too bad. <laughs> We're still working on this. Yes. Um, is our podcast too long? Is it too short? You're probably going to tell us it's too long. Let us know via email. You can benheck at charter.net or whatever's on my website. Yes. All right. Well, it was fun as always. If you have any cool topics or whatnot you'd like to hear our opinions on as if they matter, shoot us an email. Until next time, um, goodbye. Happy gaming. <laughs>